That's the song Satan's Invisible World Revealed, the new single from the new album, Blood Drinkers Only, from the band Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion. It appears by permission of them on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. This is episode 31. I'm Derek M. Cook, your producer and host, and I'm going to be welcoming Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland back to Monster Kid Radio. We're going to talk about a movie that he wanted to bring to the table. He's bringing with him Don Knotts. We're going to be talking about The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, which is something that I would have never anticipated talking about on Monster Kid Radio. But you know what? I enjoyed it, so I'm glad that he brought it. Now, head over to monsterkidradio.net to find a link to his website, which is The Shadow Over Portland. It's the Pacific Northwest's premier horror news website. Anything going on in the Portland, Oregon area, sometimes up in Seattle, basically anywhere all over the Pacific Northwest, you can find out what's going on if you get over to his website. I've added his website to the links and podcast button over on our website. You can go check that out. Again, our website's monsterkidradio.net. You'll also find a link to the Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpions Bandcamp page. If you go over there and buy their album, let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Also over there on our website is our contact information, monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or our phone number, which is 503-4795-MKR. If you have any thoughts about Don Knotts being in a movie that we talk about on Monster Kid Radio, let me know what you think. Big thanks to everybody who helped push our Facebook page and our Facebook group up and above the goals that I set online. If you follow us on Facebook, you saw me pushing to try to get a few more members in the group or a few more likes on the page. Everybody helped out. Within a half an hour, we were there. I really appreciate it. And if you guys are not on Facebook and you're not following us over there, please send me a like or a link or a request or whatever it is that you do on Facebook, and I'll uh, get you added to the list or group or whatever. We're going to go ahead and get into this talk about the ghost of Mr. Chicken with Chris McMillan right after this. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Down Place is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. The man played 21 seasons in Major League Baseball, and for my money, he's still the home run king. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Down Place can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com I thought this podcast was about Hammer and Hank Aaron. 1951 Down Place, the home of Hammer Films discussion. When I reached out to some former guests of Monster Kid Radio and asked if they wanted to appear on the show again, I got one guy who says he wants to talk about the ghost and Mr. Chicken. And all I have to say is, to that is, boy, Chris. <laughs> Chris McMillan from the Shadow Over Portland. Welcome back to Monster Kid Radio. How's it going? Oh, uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. 
The Coast and Mr. Chicken from 1966, probably not the first movie people think about when they think monster movies or even monster kid movies or even monster comedies or horror comedies. I mean, Don Knotts? Oh, yeah. How, how are we talking about Don Knotts on a monster show? <laughs> well, because it's an old dark house movie. You that know, it is. You know, it's it's just a revival of the old dark house. They just threw Don Knotts in it. It's one that I bet a lot of monster kids have seen. Oh, sure. Because, you know, I mean, it's family friendly. It take, young kids can watch it. It may seem boring now because it's kind of long. And if you look at it, there are things that people, you know, that people from our generation or our generation will get. But people from, you know, your younger generations are going to be going, where's the cell phones? What's a boarding house? You know, but it still works. It runs about, it's 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with the length, but I see where you're coming from on that. There are some stretches that do run a little long, some gags that probably play a little longer for a modern audience. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I will get into it, but I really think the second act is kind of bloated. The The middle part of the film just goes mm-hmm. on a little too long because we don't get back to the haunted house. That's true. You know? Yeah, that's true. We do spend, you know, for a movie that I'm assuming and. It's been a long time since I've seen this uh, before watching it for the show. For a movie that I would assume would be about a haunted house, it spends very little time there. He's there for a little bit in the beginning, and then they all go back at the end for a little bit. But mm-hmm. the bulk of it really doesn't take place at a haunted house. True. The mo- most of it's about Don Knotts, mm-hmm. Mr. Chicken, really, who's never really called that in the movie. But No. It, uh, actually, I think the title was something uh, was originally Running Scared or something like mm-hmm. that. But for whatever, they changed the title to uh, The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. I guess playing off of Don Knott, maybe they changed it when they cast it, just to play off of the idea, here's uh, Barney Fife in a horror movie or a scary movie. Well, speaking of which, that's kind of how this movie came about, because there was an Andy Griffith uh, show episode involving a haunted house with Mm -hmm. Fife and them. And my understanding, at least my brief looking on wikipedia tells me that it was andy griffith himself who suggested expanding an episode in which this haunted house thing happens Mm -hmm. into a feature-length film and that's how they all kind of got knots involved in that sort of thing not that andy griffith was involved in the movie at all but i know that don knots had left the andy griffith show the year before this movie came out you know because he was focusing on a on a he wanted to focus on a film career and though we did go back to the Andy Griffith show a few times after that, you know, I mean, he was, he started doing things like this, the reluctant astronaut, you know, the apple dumpling gang, things like that. So he was really pushing to become a film star. Right. Still playing that kind of jittery type character. I mean, it's, you see a lot of Barney Fife-isms in this. <laughs> oh yeah. They, you know, like I said, the, the middle act is basically Barney Fife. Yep. You Walking know, around, yeah. Which is okay, I guess, but, you know, as a monster kid, I wanted to get back to the haunted house. Yes. Now, the movie doesn't st- – the movie starts with – well, it's a nice spooky opening. I mean, it's night. It's there's a, it's kind of stormy and windy, isn't it? There, yeah. There's – you know, I mean, you see the road into Rachel, Kansas, where this film takes place. I mean, there's even – they even throw in lightning bolts. You oh, know, yeah. That's right. Yeah. In the background. And then he goes by the creepy old house, and someone gets whacked over the head with a two-by-four. So they're setting it up to be – you know, kind of a spooky movie. Yep. He plays Luther Heggs. That's the name of the character that Knotts plays. And mm-hmm. he works at the newspaper office. He wants to be a reporter, but right now he's just a typesetter. Yeah. When he sees this guy get knocked over the head, oh, man, this is the scoop. This is what's going to make me as a reporter. <laughs> I just witnessed or came across a murder exclusive. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm taking pictures. I'm writing this up. 
you know, all played with to the hilt, oh, forty-five yeah, style. You know what I mean? He's oh, oh, you know, it's yeah. Okay, you have to stop this. Boom. You yep. know, and the lady screaming, and he's jumping, and you know. <laughs> yeah, the first time she screams, he flashes the camera because oh, it's snap. You know, it's it's very slapsticky, very farcical right off the bat. So you know exactly what kind of movie you're going to get. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's not going to be a thing. Re- you know, they're going to have spooky elements, but you know right away this is the Don Knotts vehicle. This oh is yes, <laughs> Don Knotts just let him go. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he does it well. I mean, the opening sequence is pretty fun. I mean, it sets up his character. You know, I mean, he's got dreams to get out of the typesetting room and be a reporter, but he's just not that good. (laughs) No, not at all. And when we read a piece of his or hear a piece of his writing later, oh, wow. (laughs) It's it's not quite newspaper quality, but, you know. I don't think it's junior high quality, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, we're not watching this movie to pick out, like, well, this is what journalism is, and this is what I'm, you know, I mean, it's it's a fun, lighthearted Don Knotts haunted house romp, and it's set up perfectly in the opening and there's the panic go to the newspaper office get a hold of the editor go to the police station reporting a murder everybody's freaking out don Knotts has got the various people up in a frenzy and the guy walks in and the guy walks in the guy who was hit over the head with a two by four which i don't think we ever really see what caused the board to fall to begin with no we never do i i was never clear on who hit him and why he's yeah. just the town drunk and he got cracked over the head for some yep. reason he walks in, and there's this nice little, oh, hey, how you doing? And then his Knox continues to talk, and then the look of realization across his face that the dead man just walked in. And, yeah, you can't be here. You're dead. M exactly. M2, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Luther's dreams of making this his big break are promptly dashed. And again, he's ridiculed. I get the impression that he's ridiculed and has had a, a very bully-filled life in Rachel. At, uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of the town joke. Yeah, he he really, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's really malicious towards him, but right. he he is the town joke because he's the town joke. You know, there's nothing he can do to change that. He's got these aspirations of, of greatness. He wants to do something great, and he just can't. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he doesn't have the skill sets. It's just his character. He's, yeah. you know, well, he's Barney Fife. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, when I say bully, I don't mean it in the – and maybe that's not quite the right word to use these days because there's such a – Yeah. You know, it's not bullying as we know it now. It is a goofy movie and it is because it's Barney Five people. Yeah. I mean I feel bad for him but you're supposed to. Yeah, I know. You are. Yeah, why don't we, why don't we go on with the plot? <laughs> yes, let's, let's talk some more about the plot. We learned that Luther lives in a boarding house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does the main reporter for the paper, who's always teasing him about trying to be a, a writer, um, gotcha. Ollie. Yeah. Ollie, yeah. Uh, Ollie's there. Oh, you know, can I mention this? Before we go to the boarding house, we do meet the editor from the newspaper, Dick oh, yeah. Sargent from Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Yes. A familiar face who's who's used to being on the screen with some supernatural things. And mm-hmm. Was this before or after Bewitched, actually? I don't know my timeline there. Oh, you know, I really don't either, and that's one thing I didn't look up. I should have, but I, I can't remember if it was before his stint or not. I don't know. Well, either way, we got Dick Sargent. Yes, he's great in it. He's he's yeah. fun. You know, that is one thing I have to say. The entire cast really does a great job. Oh yeah, you know, the cast never acts as if they're playing it down. They're playing it all. I mean, they're having fun. They're playing it to the hill. 
Yeah, and they're playing it straight. There, there, there's not a mocking tone to it. It's like they know this isn't the world's greatest movie. It's not going to be anything that's going to change film history. It's just a silly little <laughs> film. But they play it well. They do a great job with it. You know, all the little characters, and they're maybe a little overacting, but that's because that's the sort of movie it is. Right. But anyway, he's in the boarding house. Yes. And Ollie's there, and Ollie is dating Elma. Who's the town beauty, yeah. Yes. Played by Joan Staley. Yeah, and um, apparently Joan Staley's blonde, but they wanted a brunette because they felt the blonde would be a little too sexy for this film. Right. But uh, she seems like a nice person. She treats, you know, she treats Luther pretty nice. She does. She's like the only person, uh, uh, his only contemporary, that Mm -hmm. treats him as if he's... You know, one of them. Yeah, he's very respectful. I mean, she might kind of smile at his antics, but Ollie, you know, is always talking down to him. But Alma, not so much. And it's that's kind of nice. It's a nice, obvious, you know, connection that's going to happen here later when we learn that Luther's got some maybe romantic feelings toward her. Well, that was pretty obvious in the, yeah, from the, in, very in the introduction, in the scene where she's introduced. I mean, he you yeah. can tell he likes her, wants to date her, but, you know, he doesn't feel he can. She's the unobtainable dream. But right. if he could just be a reporter, maybe he could get a date with her. If he could just do something great, maybe mm-hmm. she'll see and she'll like me for what, yeah. Which, you know, the events are set up in the typesetting room. Yeah. You know, which is the next scene. He's in he's in the room with the janitor. Mr. Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, who and, played Mr. Kelsey? Oh, I think I've got that written down somewhere. Hang on a sec. Let's see here. Liam Redmond. Uh, yeah, you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the IMDb open. Oh, yeah. I just have <laughs> my, uh, my notepad here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about him or what he's been in, but he definitely is one of these character actor types. Oh, yeah. With the Irish accent and... You know, he's the, the janitor kind of egging Luther on from the shadows, you know, mm-hmm. giving him encouragement. Attaboy. Well, not quite attaboy, Luther. That's a joke later. But yeah. Yeah. He's the one who really sets everything in motion. He gets Luther to he doesn't get Luther to write a story. He basically dictates it to him. <laughs> yeah. About the local haunted house, the Simmons house. Yeah. You know, site of a murder suicide. What? 20 years ago. They call it the murder house in town. Yes. It's a murder house. (laughs) (laughs) And there's been suspected spooky things going on. And so he writes the story. The town loves it, especially the local paranormal ladies group. Yeah, every town needs a paranormal ladies group. Doesn't every town have one of those? I mean, we live in Portland. There's probably riding right down the street from us, but, (laughs) you know. True. <laughs> yeah. So Dick Sargent, his editor, decides he's, you know, it's coming up on the 20th anniversary of the murder-suicide. And, you know, he's going to send Luther into the house overnight to see what happens. Because if there's a haunted house, you're going to take the most skittish person on staff and tell him to spend the night there. It's explained because <laughs> Dick Sargent's saying, you know, we need someone who's got, you know, a fantastic imagination, who's going to let things run wild. Yep. And then, of course, you know, Mr. Kelsey's going, uh, Luther, can you come up here? And then Sergeant's like, we'll send Luther. Luther, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they even agree to, behind his back, to help him write this story if he can't handle writing the story. I mean, and so much so that when he comes back from the haunted house later, and yeah, I know we're skipping ahead, but when he comes back from the haunted house later and he's relaying his story, he sits down in front of the typewriter, but it was either Ollie or the editor from behind moving his hands. Yeah, up Ollie's, type Ollie's on the typing, and the editor is reinterpreting Luther's hysterical rants. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, we learned a little bit about the Simmons house as well. There was a murder suicide 20 years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, this movie, while it may feel like it was aimed at children, there are some pretty heady things in here. I mean, you've got murder, suicide. You've got a joke about, well, a woman's bosoms. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there are a couple things in here that older kids might enjoy as well. Oh, yeah, I think so. And, you know, once he gets into the haunted house and the creepy stuff starts happening, it gets kind of fun. Yeah, and there's some gruesomeness. I mean, at one point, there's there's blood. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect yeah, to I mean, see blood. Yeah, but it's coming out of a painting, so I guess it's okay. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, we've got the creepy organ playing by itself, you yes. know, with the blood-stained fingers, you know, fingerprints on it. And yes. It's effective at it, as a goofy movie would be. You know, I mean, you don't want to get too scary, but it certainly does get a little creepy at times, and the house is beautiful. The set for the house looks really good. Yeah. It does. The house is amazing. And the street that the house is on, if I'm reading this right, is the same street that was used in the Burbs? Yeah. It, I know that the house that they used for the Simmons house was actually used as a house in Desperate Housewives. You know, oh. It's, yeah. It's it's one of the houses on, um, what do they call it, Colonial Street, I think it is, at Universal Studios. You know, these wow. houses are all up there. It's, it's, it's the same stretch of houses that the Adams family house is on, I believe, or the Munsters. I don't know which, but yeah, this is a series of houses that are on the universal backlot that are still used today. It would be Munsters if it's universal, I think. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. I'm getting the Adams family in my head because of another connection we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Yeah, which is interesting considering, yeah, mm-hmm. which we definitely need to talk about. But yeah, I mean, this house is awesome. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got, you mentioned the old dark house, and I'm remembering when with my co-host Scott and Casey over on 1951 Down Place when we talked about the Hammer Films version of the old dark house directed by William Castle. Mm-hmm. You know, right down, it's got the similarities with the chute leading down into the basement outside, and it's just a wonderful, creepy looking, but fun and brightly lit haunted mm-hmm. house. Yeah, and if you look, some of the colors in the house, you know, the lighting, it's dark, but still got bright colors to it that keep it from getting too spooky for kids. Right, exactly. It's not oppressively scary. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes later in the film where Luther's running down the stairwell, and you can see that, you know, there's some orange and dark orange, dark yellow tones to the lighting on the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of almost like reinforcing, you know, don't worry, kids, this isn't going to be that scary. Right, exactly. There's some, some blues and some purples, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a colorful movie. Oh, yeah. That kind of makes it feel more safe, but it's still a haunted house movie, still an old dark house movie mm-hmm. with some great gags. You've got the organ that plays itself. Uh, you've got the bloody organ keys, which is a great touch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is that, And that's tied into the murder-suicide story, mm-hmm. uh, which the- is a kind of a gruesome story, actually. Yeah, you know, it is. Kill somebody and then goes play the organ with bloody hands. And I know I just spoiled something, but it's a wonderful image, I think. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a creepy image. And the way people talk about it, you know, reinforces that. Everybody's nervous about the murder house. Yes. We mentioned the bleeding painting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That was great. And, of course, that's the last thing Don Knotts sees before he passes out of fright. Yeah. He's got to get out of there. I mean, if you saw a pair of garden shears shoved into a painting of somebody and the pa- image of the person on the painting was bleeding... That would be a little freaky. That would be enough for me. I, I mean, I, I'd like to think that I have a stronger constitution than Don Knotts, but I think that would kind of wig me out a little bit. Yeah, I may just, not just faint, but I'd probably go running out of the house screaming because I know better than to stay in a haunted house. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Simmons house is actually 
owned by the bank. There's a lien on it by the bank, and there's somebody else, uh, somebody in the Simmons family who wants to buy the house and knock it down, bulldoze it, make room for something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he just wants to bulldoze it. It's never explained why, and you have to watch it a second time to see it. But the script sets everything up for the ending. The janitor is, is starts talking to Luther because of a line that sets up, you know, that, that pays off at the end. The person who wants to bulldoze the Simmons house, someone says, well, why don't you want to, uh, you know, take it down piece by piece? Some of that, you know, woodwork is just beautiful and you can make some money on it. That's set up in the ending as well. There's this, the whole script sets itself up for the payoff at the end. So it actually makes a lot of sense because of everything that the scriptwriter had done beforehand. Right. And I don't know if I want to really give away the ending. No, no, no. We can't. You no. can't give away the ending of a Dark Old House movie. No, you can't. But there are some things happening here. And that was interesting. You're right. When you go back and I know I will be watching it a second time now that it's part of my DVD collection again <laughs> uh, or my movie collection again. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some very smart things happening in the screenwriting. It was written by Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum. I don't know a lot about their work or their background, but despite having to work around what are some very obvious done, not set pieces, there's a solid little old dark house story in this. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like I said, there's a, you know, they did set everything up so when the payoff comes you're going oh yeah that's why that happened exactly exactly you know? all the characters around him are more than what they seem they're not just a stereotypical old guy who wants to knock down the house janitor you know editor love interest i mean there's enough going on with their stories that make the entire story feel more than the sum of its parts which i yeah. think is a good thing when it comes to pretty much any kind of movie Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, kudos to them. They they took what could have been a really silly, stupid romp and actually put some, I don't mean to set, make this sound derogatory or anything, but they actually put some thought into it. They structured it as a mystery. Yep. They yep. gave you all the clues beforehand, you know, which is really nice in a movie like this, because oftentimes the script will not tell you something or withhold something or just make you take this leap just because it makes sense at the end. But these guys really set it up well. And considering that this was only the second film the director had done, mm. very impressive. Now, his name is Alan Rafkin, and he's got a huge credit list when it comes to sitcoms. I mean, he was involved in The Andrew Griffith Show. He was involved in Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, Get Smart, Coach, you know, a number of sitcoms working all mm -hmm. the way up until the 80s at least. But when it came to feature films, this is, I believe, his second feature film. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. he would work with Don Knotts again in The Shakiest Gun in the West, but, I mean, for having such a big feature film handed to him, and it, you know, it's a haunted house movie, it's it's kind of big. I think he did a pretty good job on keeping everything going and all the plates in the air at the same time. There are a few parts where it does feel like, yeah, this was directed by a guy who did a sitcom, because some of the transitions from room to room in the haunted house mm -hmm. seem to just kind of stop and start. Yeah. Make it feel more like set pieces versus a big house. Yeah, but considering the movie was basically supposed to be an extension of a sitcom exactly. episode, it, it makes sense. And, I mean, yeah, he does keep things moving. Even during the second act, um, he keeps things going. You know, I, I think the second act gets a little long. Yeah, now, let's, let's talk about that, because you brought that up earlier. The time spent in the haunted house, the time where he's actually Mr. Chicken dealing with the ghost is very small. It's a very small part of the story because mm -hmm. this article gets published and the guy who's going to buy the house is outraged and they're going to sue. They're going to press charges. 
There's the whole courtroom scene. Which goes on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And there's Luther's speech at the Chamber of Commerce that just, you know, oh, I mean, it really man. drags the movie. Yeah, that's actually before he even gets sued. There's He's now the town hero oh, because right. this newspaper article got everybody talking, got the ladies occult group <laughs> involved. <laughs> Big party. Everybody's celebrating Luther, which is what he's wanted all along was acceptance and mm-hmm. – you know, people really are warming up to him. Alma's getting along with him great. You know, and they have lunch yeah. together a couple of times. It's wonderful for him. Things are going In well. In fact, she invites him for dinner. Yeah. You know, I mean, his life's going good. Yep. And then he gets the summons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's being sued for libel. And what I thought was nice, a nice touch, the editor stands by him. Mm-hmm. Dick Sargent, the newspaper, stands by Luther and his story. Yeah, it's like, did this really happen? Yes, it did. You know, okay, no retraction. And that yep. was really nice. That was, you know, instead of going, well, you know, he's a little high strung, we'll put a retraction in. No, it, the guy stands by him, which is really a good touch. Which is really cool, yeah. So we have the, the Chamber of Commerce scene, the big town picnic, and I mean, everything short of a parade happens celebrating Luther's story. We've got the courtroom scene, which just does seem to go on quite a while. Yeah, it does. It actually feels the most sitcom. Of the moment, mm-hmm. of the whole thing, that whole court scene. Uh, reminded me a little bit of the final episode of uh, Seinfeld, <laughs> <laughs> where they're bringing in character witnesses from their past. Oh, right, yeah. You know? And uh, they, I mean, they bring in his grade, second grade teacher who talks about how he had such a vivid imagination and made stories up. And yeah, and you it just kind of drags. Yeah, and the lawyer, you know, on um, the Simmons side is just tearing him apart. Really, he's. <laughs> You know, he gets up on the stand and just getting ripped apart. Well, at one point before the trial, the lawyer leans in to Luther's face. I'm going to fry you. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, lawyers don't do that. <laughs> well, apparently they do in uh, in Rachel, Kansas, Yeah, 1966 <laughs> Rachel, yeah. This was actually, and where that happened was a scene in the hotel with the elevator going up and down. Oh, yeah. There's this elevator gag that I felt like kind of ran a little long, too. and There are scenes that are obviously there for humor. And, yeah. But it just, it, you know what I mean? And probably to pad out the movie to a running time. Yeah, potentially. I could see that. And give a stunt guy a chance to do a fall. But, you know what I mean? It just, it, it could have easily been cut. Yep. You know, they could have just showed up at the hotel room, had the scene, and then moved on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then the trial scene, you know, we said it runs really long, and they eventually get to the conclusion that, and I'm sure you did too, we came to a good five minutes before the, well, pretty much as soon as the scene started, why don't we just go to the the house and check it out? <laughs> you know, they spend yeah. all this time on this trial spending taxpayer money. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they could have just said, let's just go to the house and see. Yeah, but you knew you had to get back. Yeah, we all know they had to go back to the house. Yeah, which they do. And then that's where the everything is explained and it's very yeah, but, cool. Yeah, but the first – but, you know, when everybody's in there, the painting looks normal. The organ doesn't play. Luther is at rock bottom at this that's point. That's true. I mean, Alva still supports him. Alva's yeah. by his side, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but even, even his editor – you know, who stood by him with the lawyer is just like, okay, we're done. Go find a job. Don't talk to me. Yeah. It's that long fall the hero has to take. Although I don't know if I can call Luther a hero. He's definitely the protagonist of the <laughs> film, but he's not a hero. He's not the hero in that sense. That's true. Because everything is done for him. Or, in, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, but, you know, whatever, it works. And, of course, like you said, everything gets explained 
it all makes sense. Luther becomes the hero again. Yep. And we're not giving any more away. No, we can't. We can't. No. I mean, no. it would be easy to because it does. No, we're not going to. Not no. going to go there. I mean, I, even it's though, a fun movie, though. Oh, yeah. Even though the movie's four years old, we're not going there. A big thanks to Chris for bringing this movie to the table and joining me this week on Monster Kid Radio. We'll be back here and talk some more with him here in a few. Talk about how he found this movie, why it's important to him, and some research that he's been doing involving something important to me, the film's score. So we'll be talking about that here in a bit. And in the next episode, we are announcing the winner of the Tom Beagler Matango Mini Best Contest. I'm going to take all the entries, put them all together, and we're going to draw a winner out of the entries that we have I'm excited to see who's going to win. And, well, if you don't claim your prize, I'm just going to keep it for myself because it's that awesome. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC. is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Satan's Invisible World Revealed from the album Blood Drinkers Only. It appears in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. By permission of the band, beware the dangers of a ghost scorpion. Talk to you soon. <laughs>